the day the angel came It seemed that everything had changed The only certain thing Was the child that moved within On the road that would not end Winding down to Bethlehem So far away from home Just a blanket on the floor Of a vacant cattle store But there the child was born She held him in her arms And as she laid him down to sleep She wondered, will it always be so bitter and so sweet And did she see there In the straw by his head at fall And did she smell blood In the air on that starry Down the centuries, a virgin shall conceive God with us, Prince of Peace, Man of Sorrows, strangest name, oh Joseph, there it comes again. So bitter yet so sweet. And did she see there in the straw? His head has fallen, and did she smell in the air on that starry night? And did she hear angels sing, not so far away, till at last the Good evening, and welcome to this carol service. This evening we'll be hearing some carols performed by our musicians. We'd love to be able to join in, but that's going to have to wait until next year. Another thing that we'll have to wait until next year is the mince pies that we usually have afterwards. The current restrictions require that we not mingle afterwards, inside or outside of the building. But there's still plenty we can share during the next hour, as well as hearing carols, and some of them will have a little twist to them. We'll also have Bible readings that tell the story of the first Christmas, and we'll think also about the significance of Christmas for us today. Now, I realize it may be awkward for some of the younger ones to sit still for that long, so after the first song, there will be an opportunity for your primary school age children to go next door through uh, this door here or you could go uh, through the back and in that way and there's a big party planned for you next door there will be activities and then they'll rejoin you in here at the end before you leave you'll have a few minutes to decide if you'd like to do that and of course they're welcome to stay in here if you would prefer at this point before we do anything else let's pray Lord God, we thank you for this time of year. And in a year that has been so unusual, we thank you for this opportunity to enjoy words and music that help us celebrate something very usual, Christmas. But we also ask, as we listen to the Bible readings and the music, will you take us beyond the usual? Give us a new grasp of what Christmas means. Show us the significance that it has for each one of us. And we even ask you to change us through the things we hear this evening. Amen. 
The first carol we're going to hear from our musicians is Joy to the World. primary school age and you'd like to go next door, this is the time for you to do that. I think Steve is going to be heading through the store and you can just follow him if you'd like to go. We're going to have several Bible readings uh, this evening. I'm not going to announce each one of them or each song, but I will mention the first reading, and then if you are reading, maybe you could just come uh, at the appropriate place. The first reading is taken from Luke 
chapter 1, beginning to read at verse 26. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her.
We're reading from Matthew chapter 1 from verse 18 onwards. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with the child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus.
Luke verses two, sorry, chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And then there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, David's a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the highest heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it was amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which was just as I had been told. Joyful and 
service last year, we were squeezed in here with double the amount of rows that we have tonight and extra rows at the back. We sat here and belted out carols together. And then when the service was over, we squeezed into the much smaller room through that door to drink coffee and eat mince pies together. At that time, all those things seemed to be so normal. And now it seems like a different world. A couple of weeks ago I was running around the park and a lady jumped into a big mud puddle to avoid sharing the path with me. Now maybe I had that effect on people before COVID as well, but I don't remember it being that way. So much has changed since last Christmas. And I'm sure there have been some positives But I think most of us would say this past year has brought a lot of distress and gloom. It's been a time of uncertainty and frustration. It's been a dark time for many people. So it's not too surprising that when the arrival of the vaccines was announced recently, our Prime Minister spoke in quite exalted terms. He said the COVID vaccines would provide salvation for humanity. Then the first lady to receive the vaccine, Margaret Keenan, when she was asked how she felt about it, she said, it's the best thing that's ever happened. And I'm sure many people had similar thoughts. For many, the last months have been a time of fear, and isolation. No doubt the vaccines do seem like salvation. They do feel like the best thing that's ever happened. And yet we all know when COVID has gone, or at least when it's under control, there will still be other things to fear. War and poverty will still be with us. Crime and fraud will still be here. And death itself is not going to go away. Even during the restrictions this year, even at the times when COVID deaths were being minimized, death itself kept right on going, taking lives in dozens of other ways. 
So these new vaccines may feel like salvation for humanity. For some people, they may genuinely seem to be the best thing that's ever happened. And let's hope they have the impact we're all hoping for. But no matter how successful these vaccines are, they are not going to rid the world of distress and gloom and death. And that's why the truth of Christmas is so vital. That's why we need the good news of Christmas as much as ever this year. Because if our Prime Minister can call a virus vaccine salvation for humanity, then we need to know Christmas is about the greatest salvation. Christmas is about salvation that's not just a temporary reprieve. Christmas is good news about deliverance and peace that never come to an end. Our readings this this evening have given us details about Jesus' birth. But let me read you now some words spoken by the prophet Isaiah around 700 years before Jesus' birth. These words come from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament of the Bible. If you have a Bible, you can follow along in Isaiah chapter 9, or you can just listen as I read. At the end of chapter 8 in Isaiah, the prophet spoke about a situation of distress, darkness, and fearful gloom. But now, in chapter 9, verses 1 to 7, he says this. And as I read, listen for the ways that this salvation is comprehensive. Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is God's word. And it opens talking about a very localized situation. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Those names might mean nothing to us, but Zebulun and Naphtali were two of the sons of Jacob. Their descendants became two of the twelve tribes of Israel. Those tribes were humbled by being exiled from their homeland. Isaiah says it was God himself who humbled them. And the distress and the gloom of that exile was still a reality when Isaiah spoke these words. But he looks to the future now when God will honor Galilee of the nations. Galilee was the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. Isaiah says God will honor Galilee. It won't always be a place of gloom. And it won't always be an obscure place either. It will become a place of international significance. Galilee of the nations. And then Isaiah describes the future like it's already happened. He says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. 
Isaiah goes on to say, this great light produces joy and rejoicing. The prophet points to one of the great victories in Israel's history, the defeat of their enemy Midian. The Midianites had oppressed Israel and impoverished them. But God raised up a savior, a man called Gideon. He broke the hold of the oppressor. Now in Isaiah's day, that salvation under Gideon was in the far distant past. But it was well remembered as a time of deliverance. And as Isaiah looks now to the future, he remembers, he, uh, he remembers that past deliverance and he foresees another great deliverance. And remember this time, it's not just for Israel, it's for the nations. And this time, it won't be just a temporary victory. Verse 5 says, Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. The darkness and distress of war and bloodshed will be a thing of the past. And then Isaiah gives us the details of this. This light that will bring joy and peace is a person, he says. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. This light of the world will be wise. That's the significance of the title counselor. He will be concerned for the helpless. That's the significance of the title father. He will bring true fulfillment and freedom. That's summed up in the word peace. In the Bible, peace means so much more than just an absence of war. It's a comprehensive peace. It's well-being. It's what we all long for. And this light of the world will do all of this in an incomparable way. He will be the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. His incomparable reign will never end. And the reason he delivers supremely is because he's the mighty God. He has the power to overcome distress and darkness and fearful gloom. The mighty God whose rule will never end and yet he will arrive as a child. God himself will arrive on this earth not as a conquering warrior but as a baby. This greatest salvation will come in the most humble, unobtrusive way. I mentioned earlier that our previous readings give us the details of Jesus' birth. The writers of those accounts knew Jesus. They knew all about his life. They knew his teaching. They knew about his death and resurrection. And they were convinced Jesus was this child foretold by Isaiah. At Jesus' birth, this incomparable light dawned on the world. And Jesus himself was in no doubt about this. As a grown man, he stood up among the crowds in Jerusalem and he announced to everybody, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light Isaiah was talking about. And notice how Jesus' invitation is personal. This life Jesus brings, this peace and joy and deliverance we heard about in Isaiah, it comes to those who follow Jesus. So yes, Jesus does rule the Bible says one day he will return to this earth, not as a baby, but as the king in all of his majesty. He will bring this comprehensive peace. 
His government will be fully experienced and the full joy that comes with it. But it's only for those who follow him. What does that mean? It means, first of all, acknowledging who Jesus is. He is the mighty God come in human flesh. You and I can never follow Jesus if we deny what he said about himself. We acknowledge who he is and we trust in what he has done because Jesus said he came for a very specific purpose. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. And whether you and I like it or whether we don't, we need to be ransomed. Because we live our lives tangled up in sin. Sin oppresses us. And it's not just something that other people do to us. Sin is also something we do to others. And first and foremost, we sin by defying God's authority, living like we're God of our lives. We are tangled up in sin. We can't just say sin is what other people do. Sin is all through our own attitudes and actions. But Jesus came to ransom us out of that tangle we're in. The price he paid for that was his own life. Offered up on the cross in our place. The Bible says on the cross, Jesus took our sin on himself. So we could be free from it. But that freedom only comes to those who follow him. Who acknowledge him as the mighty God. As our only savior from sin. And when we put our faith in Jesus, we experience the joy of God's forgiveness. And we can look forward to Jesus' return. When he comes not to judge us and punish us, but to welcome us into the full peace and freedom of his reign. On the other hand, if we refuse to trust in Jesus and follow him, There can be no forgiveness or freedom for us. Salvation for humanity. The best thing that's ever happened. Thank God it's way better than a vaccine for coronavirus. As good as it is to have a vaccine or several of them. When we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ... We're celebrating the true salvation for humanity. When we put our trust in Jesus, we receive new life that can never run out, never be snatched away from us. So as you look forward to Christmas, as it is this year, as you look forward to a shot in the arm sometime in the new year, I encourage you this Christmas to consider Jesus Christ. He is truly the best thing that's ever happened to this world. And he's calling you to follow him. If you'd like to find out more about Jesus, I would love to speak with you about that. I'll be standing outside afterwards. You could catch me as you leave. But as we finish, our final carol is a celebration of the salvation Jesus brings. Hark the herald angels sing.
Happy Christmas. Amen. Hey.